Life's too short for crap marketing. The Got Marketing Podcast is for marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want marketing that's fun, accessible, and meaningful. Join me, Mia Feilman, for inspired chats with my favorite marketing insiders about marketing that works, campaigns that inspire, and the fads, fakery, and false profits to avoid. Hello, friend. You've heard me say that I'm a very intuitive marketer, but I'm also a fully-fledged marketing nerd who loves data. When do we listen to our intuition and when do we listen to the data? This is the conversation we're going to have today. Because you can look at a data and depending if you want to work on a merger and acquisition, depending on which side of the M&A you're part of, You can say this is a great data or this is a bad data. In the end, to interpret your data, you use your intuition. That was Leticia Andrak. She is a spiritual business coach and the founder of Essential Shift. Welcome to Gut Marketing, Leticia. Thank you for having me, Mia. I'm very excited for this conversation. Me too. Now, You are one of my beloved Campaign Classroom grads, so I know that I can ask you some sticky, sticky questions. Go ahead. Fire out. Okay. (laughs) First of all, what is a spiritual business coach? What's the difference between a coach and a mentor and a trainer and a strategist? Can you unpack that for me? Yes, of course. So I will first explain that You introduced me as a spiritual business coach, but I define my work as being a business doula, which means I don't really affiliate myself with strategists, with coaches, with mentors. What I do is the doula work. It's really being here for business owner to birth the next version of their business, the next version of their offer that is intuitively led and strategically aligned so that they can shine and they can stand out from the crowd, and they can really do their best work. So why did I define my work as being a business doula? Because actually, I had a kind of um, (laughs) an annoying relationship with coaches out there who not necessarily do what coaches would do. A coach will not tell you what to do. They will hold space for your question and help you find out what is next for you. Whereas a consultant will tell you the solution and a strategist as well. And I have been a strategy consultant for a long time, so I will tell you the answer. And what I love about defining my work as a doula is I I can stand in both of those arena. I hold space and I listen and I reflect for you to find the answer, but sometimes I also give you guidance. So this is where I define my work as being a business doula. Oh, thankfully, someone has explained this that makes sense. This is already going great. (laughs) Love it. Now, we connected over the Guru's campaign. Yes. And it really spoke to you. What is it about the Guru's and their antics that bothers you? Yes. So we connected because I saw your campaign, which was a beautiful campaign, about your your croisade, your croisade against the marketing guru. And I am on the same croisade against what I call the self-declared business guru. So those beautiful people who are out there claiming that they will get you to 50K a month without any knowledge of business, of strategy, with no foundation, and then you end up, maybe you will reach those 50K a month, 
but you don't track your profit. You don't have strong foundation around, you know, having a resilient framework that will get you through and retain those beautiful clients and nurture them to the next stage. You will not have the right team around you to scale to that level. And this annoys you, me so much because I have a background in business. I am coming from one of the best business schools in the world and I have spent 15 years in strategy and in business doing innovation and strategy work to create those strong foundations for business owners. And I'm really annoyed by those guru. It's like the slim fast kind of recipe. It's like you will get to a big business, but can you handle it? Do you have the structure for it? Do you have the foundation for it? Are you a leader for that business? And that's where I'm, I'm really activated. And sometimes I even see some of my grad creating, you know, I create those gurus sometimes. I'm like, no, don't be one of those, please, please, please. So I have to call them out. And they know me and they know my croissant, so I can call it out. Why is that? Because everyone is attracted by those kind of external recipe of success. But what is truly success for you? And this goes back to you. And it's not necessarily making a 50K month, running on the treadmill, not making any profit, not having a team, not seeing your family. What is success for you? Oh, gosh, so much to unpack here. Okay, first of all, it is exactly like those weight loss schemes. I mean, the parallels are uncanny when you, and actually you've just given me the best campaign idea (laughs) about actually like that, yeah, the next iteration of gurus is taking shape before our eyes in terms of like it is so, all the same tactics Yes, for those fad diets is exactly the same. So yes, one of my customers became a guru And I called her out on it and she would not accept it. And as a result, we have parted ways. I've removed her from my email list and I've just sort of, it was a very sad day. So I feel very deeply about that. It was hard for me to reconcile because my inner narrative was, if I can't even retain my own customers, if I can't, you know, convince them what chance do I have with the millions of others and so it was like the journey in my crusade really took a a step back on that day because it was like a real kick in the teeth yes and then what's really interesting about what you just said which is a different perspective to one that I've had is that you said was that you may reach those revenue targets that you are promised and then what happens? Are all your problems solved? Can you support that in your business? Is that going to lead to burnout? I have a different view, which is that I think it's bullshit and you're never going to reach those wildly successful six figures in 60 days. But um, you're more generous than I am. <laughs> it's because I have witnessed it. Like I had a client coming to me because sometimes, you know, you're solving such a big problem. You have a great audience. So you can eventually reach those results. You are like, the 1% that will make it out of 99% who are so disappointed with those slim fast recipe. But then you cannot handle it. You're completely burnt out or you're just like you had, you found the gold, but then you don't know how to transform it and alchemize it to the next beautiful items that you could create. And this is where they come and find me, those kind of people and they're like, what, what, what happened? I've been in a washing machine and I don't know how to move to the next level. So please be mindful when you choose a business guru 
to make sure that you are doing it in an intentional way. But I would say, <laughs> don't go there. But if you really, you cannot retain yourself and you're like after this shiny object and you just ended up buying something from those gurus, just be mindful about how you're going to feel afterwards because you may reach the success, you may not, but in for sure, sustainability will not last for long. Yeah. That is like been fast again. You may lose those five kilos and then you're starving and the next week, and by the way, I have never tried any of those diets, but <laughs> just witnessed a lot of my friends trying and just like they, they lose the weight and then a few days later, they're just starving and they go back and they put even more weight. So what do you want to feel? And like every every dietitian worth their weight in salt is going to tell you that the only way to successfully lose weight and keep it off is to make it sustainable. Yes. And it's like half a kilo, a kilo a week, any more, and it's not sustainable. And so like if it takes you a year, then that's probably the best because You've then created these great healthy habits and you've got this great foundation. And it's ex I'm telling you, this campaign is built, okay? It's ready. <laughs> so this is so exciting. And this is what I teach, right? You teach it with campaign. I teach it with business. I give them the foundations so that their business can scale and we leverage this long-term. Like growing a business, whoever told you it takes five days, 10 days, a week, and I saw the other day, or even today, I saw in one of the communities that we're part of, someone claiming like three days to 10K. I'm like, what the? Huh? This is not something that is going to be helpful. I saw that and I actually wanted to reach out to her and say, could you please remove the podcast episode that I recorded with you mm. off the podcast? Because I just, I don't want to be aligned with you. Yeah. Uh, and Oh, it's, do you know what it is, Leticia? It's lazy marketing. Success signaling is the laziest way. You, people just see dollar signs and so they're just like, great, I don't need to think about this anymore. I don't need to go and do the work. I don't need to go and like do audience insights and come up with a really great creative idea and a really compelling hook. I don't need to think about my messaging. I don't need to think about my channel strategy. All I can do is promise the world signal some success and people will be like, great. I know. And I know we are on this crossout and that's why we met. And I know you're not a marketing guru. You're more aligned with me in the terms of setting those strong foundation for a creative marketing campaign. And that's what I want for business owner too. I just want them to stop listening to the mermaid out there who are singing their song and just getting them completely lost. And they outsource their intuition then, which is a topic of today. It's like they're just delegating to someone else. So what do I do to get to 10, 50? And before, you know, a few years ago, when I was contemplating the idea of starting my business, making 5K a month was amazing. And now it's like, do you make 100K a month? And this is like the new normal. I'm like, what? what is that? Like, how on earth did we move from this to, you know, 10 and 15 and now it's 100? I know we're an inflationist context and don't get me wrong, I have macroeconomics degree and microeconomics degree, so I know data. But please just be, yeah, just get back to the essential. It's because everyone needs to one-up someone. Mm -hmm. So first it was 5K months and five-figure months and six-figure months. And then recently I've been seeing eight, eight figures. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, if you're a billionaire... I would know your name and I've never heard of you. Like, it's just, 
there is no, there's no oversight. No one is fact checking. So they can just get away with anything. So quickly before we move on, how do you spot a guru? What are some of the telltale signs for you to help people choose better? Mm, So what I tell them, go on LinkedIn, go on LinkedIn and check if they're on LinkedIn. It's just like, it's, it's your curriculum, right? Before getting into your course, I went on your LinkedIn. She said she worked for L'Oreal. That's she. Because unfortunately, you have people out there who claim something and then you realize that they were an intern in that firm and they lasted three weeks. And you're like, so you said you were a strategy consultant or you have a diploma, but it's actually a Udemy diploma. And sorry, no offense there. I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know, but it's just like go on LinkedIn. And I know on LinkedIn, people can create fake profile as well. But look at, you know, the reference, like the review received. I have review on my LinkedIn from the managing director of TerraCycle, from the managing director of Samsara. Like I have fucking great review on my LinkedIn. So just go and check it out. I am not a guru. I am not a self-declared business doula. This is backed by study, experience, and received feedback that I didn't bribe anyone to write or I didn't transform because unfortunately, I have seen my own feedback from one of my mentors being put on her website and on her Instagram. And since then, we part way where she transformed my testimonial because she wanted to claim back who, where I am now as being the results of me working with her, which is not true. And this is lack of integrity. And unfortunately, nowadays, you have a lot of lack of integrity. So first of all, go on LinkedIn, do some cross check. Then look at whoever has given a a review, if you know them or if you've connected with them at one degree, two degree, which is what I love about LinkedIn. You can then email them, which I did before buying your course, Mia, full transparency, which I did before hiring my book mentor to write my book, which I did before hiring, you know, Odette to help me with my PR. I fact check. Mm. Are they for real? Love that. What if they don't have LinkedIn? Is that red flag? Oh, it's red flag for me. Okay, there you go. I love that. (laughs) But then again, this is my process. But Mm -hmm. it starts first with intuition. So before I do all my facts check, what I do, it's like I feel called to work with that person. Mm. I'm like, "Mm, there is something, authenticity, integrity, impact are my key value, community. I'm like, "Mm, there is something about this chick. I want to work with her. Or this boy, sorry, I shouldn't take her. But I, I like to only give back money to feminine, this is my feminist, um, you know, mindset, but I like to support women-led business owners. So I buy most of, I would say everything I should say now from women-led businesses, but I look first, am I feeling called to work with that woman? And then I cross-check with data and facts and LinkedIn is part of the process, cross-checking with previous alumni or people that worked with that person. And then I go on. Love that. Okay. So that leads perfectly into my next question. And I mean this with enormous respect. You know that I'm a huge fan of you. You work at the intersection of spirituality and business. For the uninitiated, uh, me, can you explain how the moon and the stars and the sun affect your business? Oh my gosh, it's like 10 questions in one. (laughs) I love it. We've got time. Take your time. We've got time. So for me, As a human being and as a business owner and your business as well, we are cyclical. And that's what I love to connect with the sun. So we can start with the sun, which is easier. You connect with a different season. We have four seasons 
And you have those seasons in your business as well. You have the spring when you plan those ideas. Then you have the summer when it's full bloom and you're like, oh my gosh, this is all beautiful. And then you harvest it in autumn. And then in winter, you rest and you let this compost and rejuvenate so that you can go again and plant new seeds. So this is like the symbol of the fall season. But then I love to teach my clients around the eight Shabbats. So the eight festivals that we celebrate in my own tradition, coming from a paganism family in the south of France. So very ancient spiritual wisdom. Again, I am not a self-declared spiritual person who discovered about the sun and the moon and the cycle last week. I've been raised with this, even though I rejected it for a long time. If you're in my book, you'll understand that. I rejected it for a long time because I was I was like thinking that to be a leader and to be an amazing corporate product, I needed to dissociate myself from the cycle and from all that I have learned from my background and my upbringing. Yet now I see the power in weaving the two. So this is an illustration around what it means to align with the cycle of the season and embracing this cycle of the season in your business. If you're always in summer, if you're always on the go, 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 then you burn out because summer is fire and it's just always under the fire energy. And there is this beautiful Pixar movie, which is coming out very soon about the elements, telling you I'm going to do a lot of content around this. It is so timely with my book and all of that, but we need the five different elements in our business as we need the different season and as we need the different moon cycle. So I love to teach my client to work with the energy of the season rather than against it. As business owners, we're like farmers. So we need to reconnect with that. The farmer and my grandparents were farmer and asked my grandma is still alive, she's still a farmer. She will align her day with the cycle of the season and with the cycle of the moon as well. She will plant in this specific moon. She will harvest in this specific moon. So it's just reconnecting with that. And it's not using it as an excuse to do nothing or to do everything at that point in time. It is about bringing awareness to your own energy and how you're impacted because we are all impacted differently by the season and by the cycle. About the stars is I love to use astrology as well. I'm an astrologer. And it's also looking at your innate blueprint. When you were born, what is your star sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, where is Jupiter in your chart and all that, and just working with it. Again, I'm not someone who believes in determinism, but I believe in information. And this is data. It's data collection about yourself. It all starts with awareness. Yeah, that is fascinating how you've just, yeah, you've reframed it a little bit for me as it is data. Mm, that was super fascinating. I loved what you said about this is your upbringing and so that this is probably written in your genetic code a little bit and in your DNA. And I also really loved what you said about how business owners are farmers. That makes so much sense. Yes, we are. Okay, right. Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for marketers and entrepreneurs. Learn practical, repeatable, and actionable steps to market with confidence. Nail your email marketing strategy or join Campaign Classroom and learn to create memorable and effective marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. 
you can expect hands-on, tailored advice, accountability, and a supportive community, and you will walk away with lifelong marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. Okay, so marketers love data, but they've come to over-rely on it, okay? Like, I see marketers every day, like that's who I work with, whether they're business owners running their own marketing or they're actual professional marketers, where they are just paralyzed by the lack of data. Like, oh, they can't do anything until the data tells them Mm -hmm. to do it. And so they will hesitate making decisions because they just don't have enough data, which entrepreneurs are very different. We, We move quickly and break things. There's also many different ways to interpret data. I saw a LinkedIn post actually today that talked about the divorce rate in Americans has actually slowed down. And so you could interpret that as being, oh, people are getting less divorces, but actually the data showed that people are actually not getting married as much. So that's why the divorce rate has gone down. So it's the same data point, but you can interpret it in two different ways. So when... Do we listen to the data and when do we listen to our intuition? I love it. I love your question and I love your illustration. And I have mentioned that quickly. I've worked for 15 years in strategy consulting and we use a lot of data in strategy consulting. And we always played with the data because you can look at the data and depending if you want to work on a merger and acquisition and M&A, depending on which side of the M&A you're part of, You can say this is a great data or this is a bad data. Data are data. In the end, to interpret your data, you use your intuition. What is the meaning of those data? What does it mean for me? Is it a place I need to go to or is it a place I need to avoid? And if you don't have data, even the biggest entrepreneur around us, you know, the Richard Branson, the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk, they trust their intuition. They will write that down. It's like, At some point, you have to make a decision. This decision is as much led by data as it is led by their own drive. And these drives either comes within, if they're really in tune with their intuition, or it comes from outsourcing this intuition to someone else's intuition. You know, these gatekeepers that you go to and you're like, so what should I do? And if you use a should, it means you're outsourcing this decision to someone else. And you come with the data and you're like, what should I do? Which is a position I've been in for a long time as a strategy consultant. It was like, this is our data. This is our organization. This is our strategy. What should we do next? And they were outsourcing it to me. Or how much should I price this? Should, should, should. You can use your intuition for all of that. Of course, gather your data. Do your marketing research. I am a human to design accredited person. I use all of the methodologies, the design thinking, all of those things, you know, but I also use my intuition. It's like what you say, marketing is a merge of art and science. I'd say everything. And art is intuitively led, like those creation. They are channeled by those artists. And when you have a great creative for your campaign, it's just like this moment where like, oh my gosh, I have an idea. This idea comes from whatever you believe in. It can come from God, it can come from the universe, or it can come from your inner voice, from this little chatter within yourself, which I call the intuition, your gut. And it is then validated by the data. It's both of them together. It's not one or the other. 
I really want you to understand listening to this that you can weave both. And it's not about balance 50-50 or no. It's about harmony. Sometimes you will have more data and less space for intuition and sometimes more space for intuition and less space for data. It is not a 50-50 rules. It really depends in yourself, in the decision you're making, in the direction you're going to. Sometimes for me, it's like purely intuitive. I do crazy things sometimes, but then it makes sense afterwards. And sometimes it's more guided by data. So really looking at those. Can you illustrate this with an example, like where you listen to your intuition? What did that feel like? And then what did it lead you to? Yes. So for instance, I had this moment in my business where it came to me around creating a course about teaching the principle of Ayurveda for business. It was like coming through, I was like, it doesn't make sense. Ayurveda is a framework from ancient spiritual wisdom, which is all about feeling better, about connecting with your own dosha and all that. How will I apply this to business? But I trusted because it felt, you know, this moment of hmm, centeredness, this is it. This is what I'm meant to be doing. So then I trusted and I put it out there and straight away, lots of interest. And this course I've been running for two years now, but it, it didn't make sense. Same with my book. It came in a meditation. I was like, hmm, okay, I have to write a book now. So I'm going to go ahead and write it, but I'm not a writer. No, no, no. Listen, go back to the hmm feeling. This feeling of centeredness, of peace, of like, yeah, I don't know why, but this is for me. And then you go ahead and the thing will unfold. I'm not saying that it will unfold easily from the creation of this course to the writing my book. Of course, I've had ebbs and flow and cycle moments. You know, as I've mentioned, we're all cyclical, but I'm so grateful I trusted this hmm, moment because I know those are key moments that will transform my business. Mm. And obviously, it's not that, okay, you get that aha moment, you get that, yep, this is good. That doesn't mean that you don't need to then throw everything at it to make it a success. It's not like a foregone conclusion. It's not destiny at that point. It's it's direction. And it's like, okay, cool. This is the direction that we're going in. And so now we need to apply the same, you know, ferocity and effort, but it's just that we're, we're now leading down this path. Exactly. It's the L of my framework, which is at the heart of my book, which is a light framework. My book is called Lighted, How to Trust Your Intuition and Build a Thriving Business. And the L is about leaning in, leaning in towards this direction, this vision, this moment where your intuition mentions something, it meant something for you. And then you go to the I of my light framework, which is illuminating. And then you illuminate your path forward. And then you take those small steps every day, which over time through compound effect, will create this transformation that you're after. I am not here to tell you, just use your spell and voice your manifestation and then you shall receive. No, these are guru. This is not possible. You need to weave again the being and the doing. Oh my God, I was on TikTok yesterday and I saw a girl and she was like, I manifested clients at a networking event and I manifested clients at a retreat and I manifested clients at this other event. And me, I was like, 
Did you manifest them or did you just rock up to a, a networking event and network? Because, <laughs> like, I can also get clients at a networking event. <laughs> and this is, you know, like, this is, I feel I have two croisades at the moment. It's like the business guru croisade and the spiritual guru croisade because I step in between those two worlds. And unfortunately, with spirituality, you have a lot of people who've been burned as well as with business and marketing guru, who've been burned by people telling them, just say it out loud and it shall happen. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. All right. So you've recently written this book, which I'm so excited about. And I know that uh, you listening today may be interested in perhaps penning your own book. So I would love for you to talk us through, Leticia, how you went about the idea for the book, getting it published, and your upcoming book launch campaign. Yes. So the idea of the book, as I said, came from a place of I would have never thought of myself as an author, as a writer, and even more writing a book in English. So I was not planning on writing a book. I went to this personal silent spiritual retreat after losing one of my friends of cancer after only six weeks of, you know, traumatic care and all of that. So I was really, I needed that space to rejuvenate. And I believe in silent retreat. I believe, I'm not saying to everyone to do that, but this is what helps me. So I went on that solo retreat and as I was meditating in silence, it, like the book came through, it was like, this is what you need to write this book, you need to share the light framework. You need to write about your own experience of burnout. You don't want other people to die of burnout. You don't want to have other people experimenting these depletions that you witness in some entrepreneurs that you support in the society and so on and so forth. So the message was really, really strong. This intuitive nudge, you know, this moment of you're like, yeah, this is it. And so after that, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't make sense, but I'm just going to do it. And for me, the first step, was finding a book mentor, finding someone to help me write this book because I knew that if I had someone by my side, I'm a huge bit of a community, then it shall happen. So I did what I described for you. I asked for a few referrals. I was referred different book mentor. And then I went on my journey of screening them. Like I had one which I felt called to and then I explored it and I ended up hiring her. Her name is Kelly Ewing. And so she became my book mentor. And this is where she taught me how to structure a book because there is, again, in a book, same as in marketing and in business, there are foundations that needs to be in place. And I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So I went on the journey of hiring a book mentor. And then from there, I went on the journey of pitching publisher. And then from there, I went on the journey of writing my manuscript, getting it you know, reviewed by my book mentor and rewriting it again. This has been the hardest part of my book journey, rewriting something because I'm not used to that. <laughs> it's like, I'm good at, you know, it's great at the first go. I'm not used to redo things. It's, you know, something I'm not great at. So I had to rewrite part of the book, which was the hardest part for me. And then when it was time to think about releasing this book, I was like, okay, I need to do something innovative. I need to do something creative. What about doing a great campaign? And then you enter my world. And I was like, okay, I need someone to help me. I'm a huge believer of surrounding myself with mentor, with a community to help me along the way. And the book is an illustration of that. So then, boom, I worked with Mia in Campaign Classroom. We created this beautiful campaign that you will see very soon on all channels. And then 
Now I am in the phase of, okay, now I need PR. So I'm starting working with Odette on my PR. So it's like, you will see on my journey of this book how I am not doing it alone, which is the G of my light framework when you read the book, which is gather. I believe in gathering around me the mentor, the team, the, 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 the raving fan, the community to support me. I am not alone. Oh, so good. So your book mentor, had she previously written a book and published a book? Yeah. Yeah. She was an editor. She published books. She wrote books. She had been mentoring people who wrote like very, very, very great books that I read and, you know, have in high regard and so on. So she had all of those kind of background check that I did. And I went to one webinar with her and straight away I was like, okay, this is going to be her. So I, I just did my background check afterwards and definitely she had the background, the experience, the expertise, everything. And I haven't been disappointed. And since then, I've referred her. A few of my clients who absolutely loved working with her. And this is also what I do. You know, I will refer your clients, Mia. I will refer clients to Odette. I'm just, I love to share the love and the joy of working with someone who shares my value, who impacted me deeply. I don't know everything. Mm, So true. I feel exactly the same that, you know, it's not what you know in business, but who you know and your connections. And it's also who you surround yourself with, but also who your audience sees you surround yourself with. Yes. You know, and I feel very, very proud of the people that have invested with me and the people that I choose to collaborate with and I love this business friendship that you and I have got going. And so, yeah, it's it, it's just more fun this way. You know, business yes. is difficult and it's lonely. And, you know, we might as well all be in the mayor together, right? <laughs> yes. And if we go back to the analogy of the farmer and, you know, based on my upbringing, and I was for a long time ashamed of it, hey? Uh, but I come from a farmer family and in farmer you have cooperative. Mm. You collaborate together. And that's what I love about the business I created with Essential Shift and the community I created with The Circle and all of those beautiful, trusted advisors that I have around me and that I can then recommend people to because I know they won't disappoint. Yeah. Do you know what? This is a little bit of a tangent, but what my husband and I love doing, absolutely love doing, is talking about the commune where one day we're going to live on So we've got this big plan that we're going to go and buy like a five-acre block and then we're going to invite all of our friends to come and live on the block with us and each person is going to have their own like tiny house. Yes. But then there's going to be like a main area in the circle that's going to be like a communal kitchen and you know, a communal eating area and we're going to grow all of our own veggies and we're going to rotate crops. And we, honestly, we will spend a whole evening, many hours planning this out. Like, yeah. (laughs) And the funny story is we've never shared about this with Mia. So for anyone listening, this is really interesting. We have the same vision with my husband and we've been watching a lot of documentary around commune and how it works and Echo Village and those kind of self-sustained society. And I guess it's because we feel intuitively that this is a return to the roots. And this is how, when everything that we know now will shift, we know the resilience come from the people that you have around you and the communities that we build. We've seen that, you know, through 
a fire, through economic recessions, through war, through whatever you experience, the resilience comes from the link and the relationship and the community that you have around you. So we have the same project. For us, it will be in France, but we are definitely working with some friends around this. Oh, that's so interesting, isn't it? I just feel like we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like we're, we're doing life wrong, you know. For me, I love cooking. It's my love language. It's how I express my love for my family. And it actually makes no difference to me if I cook for four people, if I cook for 15 people. In fact, I actually prefer cooking for more people because it's my love language. And so I just don't understand why I'm cooking for four people every single day. I'm dropping off my kids to the same place where 300 other kids all go to the same school. You know, I'm driving my kids to gymnastics at the same time as all these other parents are driving their kids to gymnastics. It's wrong. It's like, I'm not from a farming background, but I'm from Greece and my family are from a village. And that's not how life was in the village. The village was like, well, we're going over to Thea Maria's house for dinner tonight. And then tomorrow night, they're coming to our house because it just doesn't make sense that we are all doing everything. Yes. Yes. I come from a very small village in the south of France and that's how it was. My parents never really know where we were until they asked a neighbor because we didn't have cell phone, right? Yeah. Where are they? Oh, they're here. They're staying for dinner. And yes, we need to change that. It's going to take time, but we can be those change maker. And yeah, the it's it's so funny. I didn't know you had this project as well. So yeah, it's fun. I love it. Right. We can talk about that as well. All right. Well, please go and check out Essential Shift definitely get your name on the wait list for the book, light it and connect with Leticia on Instagram and LinkedIn so that you can go and suss out her credentials. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? I just want to invite anyone who is listening to this podcast to make space for their intuition again to light themselves in business, in life, and rather than always asking someone else for advice, just making the time to connect within. And it doesn't have to be through meditation, but uh, maybe it's through reading my book, Light It, or maybe it is through journaling or something that nourish you, or maybe cooking. Cooking is a beautiful way also to connect with your own intuition, intuitive cooking is a beautiful way. I love to cook, which is how my grandma taught me. I was like, what is the recipe of this? Just just do it as you wish. <laughs> I think that's such an important message to in-house your decision-making rather than to outsource your decision-making. And this is something that we've spoken about. I haven't called it intuition, but I've said, you know, in-house your confidence. Don't outsource your confidence. Don't let somebody else validate you. You validate you. Yes. I love it. Thank you, Mia, for today. Oh, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. I could have spoken to you for hours. So let's do it again when the book comes out and, and talk about how the campaign all rolled out. But I'm going to be absolutely cheering you on and be with you every step of the way. So thank you once again. And I will see you very soon in Melbourne. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn and feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly. 